the Second World War, a podcast by Stephen Bedard. What we are going to be looking at has been a long time coming, something that we have been preparing for in this podcast, but also something that has been on Hitler's mind long before June 1941. Way back in episode 9, we looked at the non-aggression pact that was signed between Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union. While Hitler and Stalin had some things in common, being evil dictators who would go on to kill millions of people, in other ways, this was a strange agreement. Hitler hated communism, and in fact, one of the major factors in the rise of Nazism was the fear of communism. Not only that, Hitler saw those peoples of the Soviet Union not that there was just one ethnic group, as non-Aryan, and the Slavs as a race especially marked for destruction. Stalin, of course, had no love for Hitler or Nazism, and knew that Germany was a threat. Stalin likely knew that eventually Germany would break this pact. His hope was to get the Soviet military in a place where they could repulse any German aggression. We saw in episode 13 that the Soviets struggled even in their war with Finland. They were definitely not ready for an all-out war with the militarily superior Germans. For Hitler, it was convenient to have the non-aggression pact so he could solidify his hold on Europe and to continue to build the German military. It was hoped that they could knock out Britain before turning to the east, but that did not quite happen. Hitler's eye was on the East. He had been preaching the need for Lebensraum, that is, living space for the German people. What he saw in the land ruled by the Soviets was all of the natural resources that he needed to accomplish his plans. But what he wanted was not to rule over the Soviets, but to rather kill or expel them so that the land could be colonized by good Aryan Germans. We have seen that Hitler had been getting frustrated with Mussolini because coming to the rescue of the Italians was a distraction and a loss of resources that could be used for the invasion of the Soviet Union. The invasion of the Soviet Union would be named after the 12th century Holy Roman Emperor Frederick Barbarossa. It actually was originally named Operation Otto after another Holy Roman Emperor, Otto the Great but the name was changed in December 1940. This seemed to be a good time to invade the Soviet Union, as many of their best officers were killed during Stalin's Great Purge in the 1930s. Stalin may have eliminated some potential political enemies, but he also left his military without much experienced or talented leadership. There was an opportunity to defeat the Soviet military, if... It was done right. There would be great risks, of course, even if the Germans were successful. It would require significant resources to not only conquer, but to occupy Western Russia. However, for Hitler, the benefits outweighed the risks. The resources acquired, especially the rich agricultural land of Ukraine and the slave labor for German industry, were very attractive. It was also hoped that a victory over the Soviets would force Britain 
to ask for peace. On March 30, 1941, the Barbarossa Decree was presented. This is a horrifying document that laid out the German intentions, not in terms of strategies against the military, but planned exterminations against Soviet civilians. There would be no mercy for partisans, and any civilian suspected of being a threat would be executed. German officers were given broad freedom to determine who would be shot on the spot without a trial. Any Germans known to be guilty of crimes against humanity would be exempt from punishment. Basically, it set the tone for the harshest of occupations. While this fit well with Hitler's mentality, it actually was a strategic error. Many people in the Soviet territory were not in love with Stalin's regime. When the Germans first invaded the Soviet Union, many welcomed the Germans as liberators from the Soviet tyranny. They soon discovered how wrong they were, but if the Germans had presented themselves as liberators, they may have had a much easier time in their occupation, releasing other forces to the front lines. Adding to the horrific planned treatment of the Soviets was the hunger plan. This was a policy that would take the food that would normally go to the Soviet population and use it to feed German military and civilians, with the intentional plan of starving that Soviet population to death. Take a moment to feel for these people because not only was this Hitler's plan, but huge numbers of Soviets would starve to death also under Stalin's policies. There was a major massing of German military forces in their eastern territories before the invasion, and especially in the early months of 1941. Stalin knew of this, but did not expect an imminent German attack because of German disinformation and because he just could not bring himself to believe that Hitler would attack so soon after the signing of the Non-Aggression Pact. The invasion, Operation Barbarossa, was set to begin May 1941. It would be delayed over a month. The consequences of this delay are still debated among historians. The delay did mean that Germans had not gotten as far as they wanted before winter hit, but would that have made a difference? We cannot know for sure. The German forces were divided into Army Group North, Army Group Center, and Army Group South. This included 152 divisions of Germans and 15 divisions of Romanians. There were also Finnish forces in the north. At the time of the invasion, the Soviets had the larger number with 220 divisions. The invasion was to begin on the 22nd of June, 1941. A German who was a communist crossed the border just before the invasion to warn the Soviets of what was about to take place. His reports were not believed. Like so many of the other invasions by the Germans in Europe, it began with an aerial assault. A declaration of war was presented by Foreign Minister Joachim von Ribbentrop, the same person who had been involved in the Non-Aggression Pact. Approximately 3 million soldiers of the Wehrmacht crossed the border in the initial invasion. With great boldness, Hitler made this bold prediction. Before three months have passed, we shall witness a collapse of Russia, the like of which has never been seen in history. We'll see about that. 
The initial invasion was tremendously successful. Between the German air and ground assault and the parachuting German troops dressed in Soviet uniforms behind the lines to disrupt infrastructure, the Soviet army was thrown into chaos. Army Group Center was led by Field Marshal Fedor von Bock and was tasked to advance along the Minsk-Smolensk axis, encircle and destroy the Red Army that was on the western side of the Dnieper River. It was then to join with Army Group North in advance on Moscow. Leading the Soviets in that area was Army General D.G. Pavlov. The Germans had superior forces on the front, but to add to the challenge, Soviet communications were in shambles, and it was almost impossible to know what was happening at the front. For example, there were times that Moscow sent orders for counterattacks by units that had completely ceased to exist. Stalin took a strong stand on the invasion and wanted more than just a strong defense. He regularly insisted on counterattacks, not caring if the units were under strength or even already wiped out. Colonel General Hoth's 3rd Panzer Group advanced eastward to Vilnius and beyond towards Minsk. Meanwhile, Colonel General Guderian's 2nd Panzer Group penetrated the Soviet forces also toward Minsk. Pavlov was forced to pull back, and not in a very orderly fashion because of these advances and the air assault. Hoth and Guderian were able to complete their pincer movement and surround Pavlov's forces. This did not go well with Stalin, and Pavlov was soon tried and executed for his military failure. Pavlov was replaced by Marshal of the Soviet Union, S.K. Timoshenko. I'm not sure that in that time and place that getting a promotion was actually a good thing. German Army Group Center advanced 600 kilometers and occupied all of Belarusia. But at this point, Hitler ordered them to halt while the infantry finished off the trapped Soviets. There's some question of what the outcome may have been if the Panzers had continued their momentum east. This podcast will return after a short break. Hey, do you love history? Did you know I have another history podcast called The History of Christianity? You don't have to be religious to be interested in the origins and the ups and downs of what would eventually become the largest religion in the world. So much of what we take for granted today, from hospitals to universities, was shaped by the church. Come and visit me at historyofchristianitypodcast.com and look for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or Spotify. But let's shift gears and take a look at Army Group North, led by Field Marshal Ritter von Lieb. His goal was to decimate the Soviet forces in the Baltic region and link up with the Finnish forces. I will give a spoiler and say that the Finns were a disappointment to Hitler. They were excellent soldiers, and they demonstrated that when they repulsed the Soviet invasion of Finland. The Finns were all for taking back some of the land from the Soviets and even giving them a taste of their own medicine, but they really did not share Hitler's vision for what he wanted to do to the USSR. 
Lieb was facing Soviet forces led by Colonel General F.I. Kuznetsov. Kuznetsov faced a common challenge among the Soviets. Stalin was so concerned about giving the Germans an excuse to invade that he refused to allow full mobilization, even with seeing the buildup of German troops. This meant that the Soviet forces were undermanned, under-equipped, and under-trained. The German forces smashed through the Soviet defenses before they could even put their defense plans into action. Kuznetsov kept trying to set up defensive positions, but the panzers kept foiling his plans. Kuznetsov was relieved of his command, but was not executed like so many others that did not live up to Stalin's expectations. Kuznetsov actually survived well past the war. He was replaced by Lieutenant General P.P. Sobonevkov. The Germans cleared the Soviets out of the Baltic states, please see episode 31, and by early July were in the Leningrad area. This put them in proximity of Lieutenant General M.M. Popov's forces, who were already engaged with the Finnish military. Now, let's move down south to sunny Ukraine and the activity of Army Group South, led by Field Marshal Gerd von Rundstedt. Because the Germans had to cross the Western Bug River, the Red Army and NVKD forces had some opportunity to get ready. In case you've never heard of the NKVD, they were the secret police and roughly equivalent to the Gestapo. The later KGB would inherit many of their roles in the 1950s. Rundstedt's goal was to clear the Ukraine of Soviet forces. Remember, Germany needed Soviet grain, and to continue possibly towards Stalingrad. He also had troops, including Romanian forces, to clear Soviets from southern Ukraine and hopefully encircle the Red Army. The Soviets were led by Colonel General M.P. Kurponos, a decorated general from the Finnish War. His forces on the Soviet Western Front were the strongest of all that we have discussed. The German panzers advanced, followed by the infantry. Kurponos attempted to hit the German northern and southern flanks. This was less than successful. To complicate things for Kurponos, Stalin sent Marshal G.K. Zukov to oversee Kurponos. Kurponos finally gathered the forces needed for a counterstroke, one that faced many challenges, including communication and dispersal of forces. Even so, it led to a massive tank battle on the 26th of June that included 2,000 tanks over a relatively small front. Although the counteroffensive was ultimately unsuccessful, it did delay Army Group South for about a week, leading Hitler to rethink his plans. Let's take a break at this point and summarize where we are at. Hitler has sent three armies into the Soviet Union with specific goals. The Soviets were caught unprepared, even though the signs were everywhere. The Germans continued the proven tactic of fast-moving panzers followed by infantry with air support. So far, despite some setbacks in Ukraine, things were looking good for the Germans. Whole Soviet armies were simply disappearing under their onslaught. No doubt Hitler was feeling confident in this plan. 
Germany would get both the natural resources and the living space for German settlers, and the Soviet military that had always been a threat would be destroyed. This brings us to early July of 1941, with weather good and supply lines manageable. What could go wrong as they advanced? What indeed? Thank you for listening to this episode. Please visit me at stephenjbedard.com slash secondworldwar. While I do this podcast because of my love for history, I will admit that there are some costs. There are ways for you to help financially so that I can continue this and my other podcasts. Consider supporting me on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash hopesreason. Even $2 a month, less than a cup of coffee, will help keep this podcast going. If you don't want to do something monthly, a one-time donation is more than welcome. Just go to my website, stephenjbedard.com slash secondworldwar, and look for the donate button. Thank you for your support. Please find me on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you, and God bless.